Dear Shooter, The 4th of July has special meaning for those in the shooting sports. It's a reminder of where we came from, what we had to overcome to get here, and being a part of what makes America great. Just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it and make no mistake about it. That's training. Let's face it. If you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Happy Thursday and happy Fourth of July. Um, I think I definitely think one of my favorite holidays. Just for what it stands for, straight out of the gate, right? Right. Free people, leave us alone. <laughs> if if only those sentiments could make it a little bit higher up the chain, they need to be reminded. They do, they do, and we uh, we just came. We got got the opportunity to go participate in a. Small town Fourth of July parade, and I—I I think you're absolutely right when you said that you could not find a more patriotic group. And it's all of them. It's not a select few. It's not one or two. The entire town pitches in. I don't care if they were four months old to ninety-nine. They were all there, and they were involved. They weren't just sitting in their driveway in a lawn chair. They were involved in some way. Right. But but. For our readers, our listenership out there, for our listenership out there, um, small town. Let's let's go ahead and categorize that. This is Pavilion, Wyoming, and we're talking, you know, maybe three hundred people, if that, on it, record. And and that's if you count all the subsidiary properties, right? So it, just slightly east of the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and that's small town America. That's Wyoming. That's right. And and not only did we see, I mean, everybody that we knew from the pavilion area, but people that we knew from Riverton, from Shoshone, um, all the small towns around, they all came to support this. And it, it was really cool to see all that. And again, nothing brings a community together like this holiday. And you're absolutely right, and I and I don't know why it it's so much this holiday other than it's our culture. We get to blow stuff up. We do get to blow stuff up. You know, it's small town though. It's in the parade. There is this gentleman who painted his horse, and it doesn't say "Go Brandon." It says "Go Braden." He meant well. <laughs> he missed a letter in his stencil. It it's common core English these days. No, really, he meant well, and we all knew what he meant, and he rode that horse with pride down the middle of Main Street, just like everybody else that it got the spelling right. It says mid-30s, though. I mean, Brandon's not tough to spell. He's a farm kid. Seventh grade, he topped out. Like I said, he meant well, <laughs> and I'm sure that he was only made aware of his, of his error nine, ten thousand times today. 
every little old lady went up and talked to him about what was on the ass of his horse. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, two or three times. And we got a pretty cool experience. We got to ride the back of a wagon being pulled by Clydesdales. That and was pretty cool. That was cool. Big uh, horses, y'all. Great big. Um, we had, we were flying two flags on the back. We had the Betsy Ross, and we also had the Gadsden. Tell me, that that isn't leave me alone more than that. You can't say it better than that. And if you look down Main Street, as we went down Main Street, it didn't matter if it was a residence or uh, a business, or heck, the, the city park, um, you had the American flag. Mm-hmm. There was a beautiful garrison flag hung by a crane, an 18 by 32 flag. Yep. Gorgeous. But there was also, like you said, the Betsy Ross and the, the don't tread on me snake. You know, don't step on snake, snake bad. Right. There's a whole bunch of those. And they haven't lost what the meaning is of the holiday in this small town. It wasn't just hot dogs and hamburgers. It wasn't go raw, raw, you know, stars and bars. They got it. Right. And it, it, it kind of takes you back. You really, you really start to think about it. At least I do. Uh, I really start to think back about, you know, what we went through to fight the revolution, to fight against the British. Uh, there was one, there was one young man that was, that was walking through. Now he, I, I, his uniform wasn't quite right. He was civil war era stuff, but you kind of looked at what he was carrying. It was like, you know, when, when the British ships landed to, to come and, and quell the, the rioting in Boston and it, it, it was kind of like the empire showing up. The strongest formal military on the planet decided to show up in flex. They ran into pilgrims, farmers that really weren't necessarily prepared for that, but they ran into an angry group real quick. Well, not just an angry group, but you you think about what life was like in colonial America. These were tough men. Oh, yeah. Hard people. Um, what? No man buns? Not in those days. Actually, you, they, you, they did you say that, but A yes, little ponytail was Long pretty hair typical. was in vogue yep. at the time. They also wore wigs when they were in Parliament. Stretch pants? Tutus? See, stretch pants is a no because everything they had was wool. Daisy Duke shorts. That didn't happen. <laughs> Think about that commitment, too. Um, when Congress was in session, when they, when they were in Pennsylvania and... They were debating uh, writing the Declaration of Independence. This is the middle of July, and they're in a hot, muggy town hall, all wearing wool suits, usually in three layers. I've been to Pennsylvania in July. I don't want to wear a wool suit. No. And I'm soft. I get it. But <laughs> Damn. Well, and, and and if you look back on it too, they they talked about the the original signers of the Declaration. Um, I, a couple of them were were captured and hanged as traitors. A lot of them lost their fortunes. A lot of them, uh, you know, lost everything. Uh, the incredible thing is, not one signer defected from the cause. And where's that kind of fortitude today? It's it, it's talked about in myth and legend anymore. Um, we like to think that we would you know stand to the line and not back down. But 
too much of our society these days if you you don't have that latte ready and some of there's too many people in traffic they just go home well i i say uh, my argument is that that fortitude is in a, the gun culture you see it more and more in the gun culture than you do maybe say others um but the the second amendment and the constitution the bill of rights these are these are things that we care about they're not punchlines to a joke no no and 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 i say that you see that in the gun culture and and don't misunderstand. You got to forget about the mall ninjas. You got to forget about the the extremist wannabes that that you know all they talk about is kicking off World War Three and you know it's forget about the Burt Gummer types. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Burt Gummer, but if you look at 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 people that really are steeped in the gun culture and have been for a long time. They're typically very highly intelligent people. They understand history. They know where we came from, and and they know true history of America. I would agree with that. They take it upon themselves to get acquainted with the facts and the history pieces. Right. Um, pop culture is not necessarily as entrenched in the gun culture as maybe saying some other things. Right. Well, you know, maybe we need to... Uh, only fans is, seems to be doing quite well. Maybe we need to do an only guns. Interesting. All right, Brandy, you have a new job. I don't want one. You don't want a new job? I have so many. It's for the cause. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to look at a gun culture only dating site. Okay. I mean, if you can't get along and, and have those politics, I mean, would you go out on a date with a guy that didn't like the Second Amendment? Probably not. Maybe not a second date. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like something, oh, first date, we're going to interview you. How are you on the Second Amendment? What are you talking about? The first date's always an interview. Right? <laughs> not when you're asked out. That's yeah, why you'd make it through the first date. That's how you find out then. Well, that's why guys have stage fright. We don't want to know that shit about ourselves. Don't have somebody comes up and asks you to dinner. You don't have, can you fill out this questionnaire first? Maybe we should. Otherwise, you, you end up with a, a mismatch and potential son-in-laws that don't fit into the family. I'm pretty sure that's on our... F- made ice cream for. I'm pretty sure on our first date, you pulled my credit. That's not all I pulled. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you really don't know the check you went through. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. I know what she found, so let's see. <laughs> yeah, I was on the back end helping her look. Let's see how you are. But regardless, I, it's, a, it's a criteria for the culture that is becoming more of a faction. We talk about it all the time. This country is getting divided more and more deeply, more and more every day. It, it absolutely is. And I, I consider myself extremely lucky for where we live and the, the people that are around us. I mean, we've got the, the, the patriotism and the gun culture that is around us. I mean, what, what did we find out last year? Some, within like 60 to 80 miles of us, there, there's like almost 100 retired Special Forces soldiers living Around this area, yeah, and I think that number is very conservative. You got to understand. I grew up in Wyoming. Um, 
southeast corner of the state, and I had no idea that the rest of the country wasn't this. Right. When I moved away to the big city, I was shocked that people didn't understand your history. They didn't understand what a right was versus a privilege. They didn't have any concept of it whatsoever. And then they labeled you based off some sort of media coverage sentiment, whether you liked guns or not, as if that was a bad thing. Right. I also remember walking into a, a truck dealership, and they sat down with me, and I said, do you want this pickup in four-wheel drive or two-wheel drive? I looked at the guy like he had a third eye coming out of his head, because I didn't even know that trucks came in two-wheel drive at that point. What's the point? Why would you do that? Right. Exactly right. It just... You get outside rural America, real America, and you start to see all these little weird things crop in that you had no idea was even there. Mm-hmm. Biased because you own a gun. It's a tool. Right. Why is that even present? I, I, I don't know, because in, in my eyes, and, and I, think I, I think you and I kind of grew up the same way, in the, in, in the same, you know, doing the same things, the outdoors, the farming, the ranching, it, the, a gun went in your truck right next to the shovel right. and, and the fencing pliers. But you can sum it up to ignorance. It's not that it's, a, and I'm not insulting anybody. It's it's not a derogatory term. It's a way to start having a conversation of something you don't know anything about. Right. Ignorance. Everybody's ignorant just over certain things, differences between each other. And every time I've had a conversation with somebody that didn't know anything about it, they would then say, well, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. We need more of those conversations to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you're not going to get it because, it, like you said, we're, we're such a divided people at this point that we're not even willing to listen to the other side anymore. That's sad. It is sad. Uh but that's a that's a direct result of media bias and them pushing an agenda, and and that's what I, I guess frustrates me the most about about this whole socialist push for Americas. All these people that are pushing it, they've got this crazy idea that they're going to have a seat at the table, and they're going to be sorely disappointed when they're loaded in the cattle cars just behind us, or yeah. what's left of us. No, they'll be. A class system, and if you look anywhere else in the world, the class system, the divisions are pretty much brick walls. You don't break through. Right. We're not that way, though. America's different. We still have the hope that it's not going to be that way. And if it's left to us, we're going to have to communicate a lot more. We're going to have to share our culture in a positive way rather than a ridiculing, sarcastic way, which is more fun. but It's more fun, but you're right. But people have got to take a little dose of humility and understand that it's, it's the warrior culture that gave us this country in the first place that's kept it for, where are we at, 250 years almost? It has been the thing that has staved off many incursions into this country. I mean, World War II... Um, yeah, Komodo. Yeah. He was adamant about not invading the United States because of one simple thing. He knew the populace was armed. He would have a gun behind every blade of grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
He wasn't fighting a standard army then. He'd be fighting everything. Right. And he knew better. Brilliant military mind. Don't, don't get me wrong. But that mindset keeps people in check. Right. An armed society is a civil society. Okay, just for illustration purposes, Brandy, I want you to do something. And you don't necessarily want to do this thing I want you to do, right? If you're not armed, I can force you to do it. If you are armed, now i got to negotiate with you and explain to you the benefits of doing this thing, which we is could more take civil. ten steps and draw. See, we're both armed at that point. I know. Right? And it's if, a draw. If I have to shoot you, you're not going to do the thing I want you to do. So that, that totally ruins what I, I, I personally want. You find someone else to do it. Point being, if you're armed and I'm armed, we have to talk it through. Well, and that's what it's all about. It, it's, it's, it's us being our own people, being able to make our own decisions, and, and life becomes a negotiation rather right. than... Now, all these folks that want to take your gun rights from you, that would like to see you disarmed, they don't Fun. want to negotiate with you. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because all the ones that want to take your guns away from you, they already got theirs. Right. They don't want to negotiate with you. Mm-hmm. They just want to force you to do something. Right. And that's the total polar opposite of a free society. Absolutely. Well, and, and a free society allows you to be your own man. You And, and that's one of the things... WyoTax motto, empowerment through self-reliance. That's a, a lot of where that came from, is the more self-reliant that you can be, the less force someone can exert on you, um, the less coercion that can be put upon you. If I don't have bills to pay, if I own everything that I have, I don't have banks breathing down my neck wanting payment um if we grow we you know we can grow our own food we hunt we fish we can provide for ourselves we're not relying on a grocery store absolutely right and definition of freedom and but that's that's something that's kind of lost on our society today at least a large portion of it but it's something that's extremely empowering well the desire to have nice things because you're going to be judged by them is corrosive to that topic we're talking about. And if you can't have the means to have those nice things, enter a financial institution that'll they'll loan you that. Right. So you can go have that nice thing. But then you're a servant to the payment structure. That's exactly right. And I don't think people understand that either. Um, as soon as you enter into a loan type of contract, you are basically indentured servitude until that loan is paid off. And it's the same thing, and I don't think people understand this, about our national debt as well. Uh, people don't understand. You know what the collateral for that is? It's us. It's it's our labor, our future labor, and the wealth that will be created from that. That's the collateral. So our currency is based on what now? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, it, it's our international goodwill? Pretty much. Uh, with the, our ability to be the world's policeman? I don't even think it's that anymore. I mean, money should have value, right? Right. We used to be backed by the gold standard. Right. What's it backed by now? Absolutely nothing. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And we're borrowing against absolutely nothing. And who keeps giving us money? 
Well, and and who keeps giving us money just so we can turn it around and give it away? That's what baffles me. All flies in the face of freedom. Right. Which is the topic of the day because it's Independence Day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to remember these things rather than just have a hot dog and a beer and call it a holiday. Yeah, no. It's got to mean something, and I think it does. And like I said, especially for the gun culture, I think it means more because I think we do understand the heritage and the history behind it. Um, I know in your front yard there is a cannon. Absolutely right, which will go off tomorrow. How many times? I'm not exactly sure. I got more than enough powder to make several, but more than three or four, I'm sure. And for the Domino's guy out there, don't be alarmed. We're not coming that after you. Guy. So a few beers back for you guys listening. You don't know the story. My 4th of July celebration in my house sometimes got a little bit crazy. And yes, I do. I have a cannon in my front yard. Um, a charge for this cannon is 1,000 grains of triple F black powder. And it's a simple noisemaker. There's no projectile in it. It's a go boom kind of thing for the holiday. And uh, it's a very loud boom. But... We were all getting ready to torch the cannon off, and around the corner um, comes the pizza delivery guy a lot faster than he probably should have been driving in a residential area, but that's beside the point. And we couldn't get him waved off, stopped fast enough to get the person that was pulling the cable on the cannon to make it go boom, stopped fast enough. And it torched off, and he was not quite in line, but it was close. And that poor car slid sideways. He bailed out of that thing, had his head between his knees, thought we were trying to kill him. <laughs> um, and, and putting myself in his shoes, yeah, that might have been a scary moment for him, quite honestly. But um, yeah, nobody got hurt. It was a total weird circumstance of bad timing, but... Uh, made for a great story later on. Poor guy. Well, I think a few years after that, we set your backyard on fire. I mean, we have fun with this holiday. It didn't. It didn't burn much, no. but yeah, there was a firework that landed that was still pretty hot. <laughs> so what? I, what's the, what's the best part of Fourth of July for you? Fireworks. Okay. Food. I like getting together with my friends that all understand what it means. Oh, I don't have those. Well, the friend <laughs> part, I get. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's the best part of the 4th of July for me. Getting to connect with my friends that get it. Right. I just wish all the fireworks weren't made in China. Look at the tag about everything you look at these days. I know. It's I know. Global economy, and if you can make them here... For a price that the consumers are willing to pay, by all means. I get it. But that's, a, you know, that's just it. And and I don't think a lot of people, we, they, they all love the fireworks, right? How many people really know why why the fireworks and what they represent? I mean, that's all about the battles that were fought. Agreed. And it, Now, they're catching a lot of bad rap these days. You know, pet owners don't like them. There's guys with PTSD that served in our military. They're not big fans. Um, And fireworks, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan. 
and I will be guilty and have been guilty of setting my fair share off, big and small. Mm-hmm. But what do they symbolize, and why is it everybody's ability to show them on this day? That probably needs to be explained a little better. I think it does. And, um, Brandy, you were just playing a video before we got started, and, and it really kind of hit for me. It, it It's a gal that you follow online. She was talking about, you know, look, you know, people complain, pet owners, um, people have livestock, they complain. Well, you know what? It's not your neighbor's fault that you have livestock, that you have pets. It's not their responsibility to not do what they're going to do on 4th of July because you're a pet owner. That's part of freedom, too. And there is there is ways to prep your animals for this. I mean, there's Valium kind of things to calm them down. She was talking about she has horses. They make earplugs for horses to muffle noise. There's things you can do. I know families that spool up their entire crew and head to the mountains. Mm-hmm. They get away from the fireworks as a group, which... If that works for them, that's wonderful. You and your 13 horses all going to the mountains? I know people that do. They'll trail the horses up and put everybody and their family on a ride, and they get out of, t- they get out of town. But the point about it is, and I, and I thought she made it very, very well-made point, that, look, you know, th- this, is a, this, this is a holiday about freedom. And for you to sit there and complain because you have pets or whatever, that's oppressive nature. Um. That that's you trying to exert your influence on somebody else that you don't have any right to do. Well, and at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. And this is a predictable one. You can see this one coming for 364 days. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen again next year. And it's kind of your responsibility to take care of you and yours the way you want to. Right. Which brings us to the heart of the matter. Taking care of you and yours. That's what we founded this country on. Um, we just wanted to be left alone. We just wanted to keep what we produced. Uh, you know, I, I'm entitled to the value of my labor. And you think about it, we fought the revolution over two things. Taxation without representation and gun control. The taxation that they faced then isn't a fraction of what we are taxed now. 2% is what we were talking about then. Mm-hmm. 2%. What are we taxed to now? 34 40%? Over 50 if you start considering things like fuel taxes, consumption taxes, all the stupid taxes and fees that you pay on every utility bill that you pay. Now, good luck not paying that. Right. Yeah, so taxes are one of those things that that it bugs me. I understand it from a sociological move the needle, get things done, right? We enjoy good roads. We do. Hmm. For the most part. <laughs> if you've driven in other states, and I know you have, um, roads are kind of a thing. Um, but on the other side of it, consent. Um taking my money without asking me or letting us come to an agreement of what's enough. Right. That's theft. Well, and just the, the, the stupidity of some of the tax system. If you think about this, okay, so we're going to 
take money out of the state so that we can turn around and write a bill in Congress to give it back to the state. Why did it ever have to leave? I mean, other than, other than we know that it's being siphoned off to be put in somebody else's pocket somewhere along the line. Well, and then read those bills. The things that they are supposed to be for is one small portion of what the actual money goes for. Right. And that's tax dollars at work, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. I'm not either. But freedom. At the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. That's right. And I think all of us on some level want to get back to that. Just let us live our lives. I think 60 years ago, we had a populace that would have been able to do that. Today, the populace is too dependent. If you flip the switch and said, okay, you're free, you know, everybody pays their 10% flat tax, go about your daily lives now, go ahead. Our population would shrink right. overnight yeah, because they wouldn't know how to handle themselves, how to provide for themselves. We're too dependent on the system now as a society. Right, right, absolutely. It, but not in Wyoming. Not here, no. These folks here can take care of themselves. Well, I mean, we got in trouble during COVID because of people, try, you know, they, and obviously we found out that we we're be all being tracked because the government got mad at Wyoming because we were driving too much and going too far from home. And I remember John Barrasso having to get up on national TV and on the floor of Congress and try and explain to people that we can drive for 50 miles and not leave a property. Yeah, the perspective's just not there. When no. we talk about small town, that's why I brought that up. Right. When we Small town to some people is less than 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's not a town, y'all. That's a city. Yep. Um. And you're right. You can drive for 50 miles on some people's property on the same borders. Right. So why were they watching us move anyway? Right. That's my question. Why why do they care? Because we're supposed to be in our basements playing video games and doing what they say. Yeah, I don't think I will. Well, we were supposed to be afraid. Of? Of the COVID. We were all going to get sick and die. And it goes back to the point you keep making, the elephant in the room, is that the unvaccinated are not dying. I had it twice. Right. I'm good. Mm -hmm. You had it at least once. Yep. How many times did you have it, Brandy? I'm not sure I did. You just had those really bad colds? Yeah, I don't think. Maybe a flu? Wasn't even COVID, I don't think. I thought it was interesting that during COVID, we cured the flu. We did. Yeah, uh, we yeah, <laughs> like immediately. Just because they labeled everything as COVID, not, but it was about control. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I mean, two years later, the flu came back. And, and don't get me wrong, I think there was a strain that the COVID nineteen virus. I think that's real. But all of the things that they locked down and did to people, put people out of work, forced them to stay inside, got them all dependent on subsidy money. Damage the economy to a point where some of the new workforce, those folks that are just out of college, mm-hmm. still don't know how to handle themselves in an economy that's starting to come back. Right. They have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And they're still not doing it. Look at the labor force out there. Yeah. So it was a test run. 
you said it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Who was going to comply and who was not? Right. Wyoming did not comply. No. And that's why we live here. And everybody, I want you to stay tuned because we're going to continue this next week uh, with a little bit of a twist. So until then, keep blaming your guns and keep holding on to your freedom. Matt, you've got to put two in the can, right? (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.